0: And welcome to my tennis coaching. I am currently streaming on YouTube, Facebook, and Instagram. <clears throat> so, welcome. Yeah. So, today I thought I would do a live stream. It is 22 years to the day that I qualified as a tennis coach. And I've been doing some filming today, uh, some filming for my coach academy, did some webinars, did a stream for members. And I thought I'd just jump on a live and discuss my coaching journey over the past 22 years. It is live. I do have Instagram and YouTube open on my MacBook. So if you do want to leave any questions, any coaching questions, any coach education questions, any player questions, jump in the chat and let me know. But how has tennis coaching changed over the past 22 years? Um, it's changed quite a lot. I think coach education hasn't really changed that much, but I think tennis coaching and tennis players has definitely changed Uh in that time, I think let's talk about coaching. Has coaching changed? Yes, I've done a lot of reflecting today on various webinars and various um streams over the past 20 years of what's changed. I think the biggest change within coaching that I've felt is just how much stuff we have to do as coaches. And I mentioned it in the stream this morning. Many. Back in 2004, my role as a coach was to really just look after the technical and tactical. Players were playing more sports. They were playing out. They were climbing trees, throwing stones. They were having much more PE. Fast forward to 2024, kids don't play no more. Kids don't play out. Kids don't climb trees. They don't play as many other sports. They early specialised, especially within tennis, a lot earlier. And now I find that a lot of my coaching is physical development, psychological development, because they're not getting it anywhere else. So I think tennis coaching jobs has changed massively. We have to do all four performance factors in greater detail than ever before. I think we are now responsible more and more for strength and conditioning. Teaching these kids how to move, the physical literacy. Again, I'm just going to move my camera a little bit. That sun's coming through. Um, physical literacy, which we used to take for granted back in 2002, because these kids were playing, and they were playing other sports. They were learning a lot of their physical literacy skills in other sports. Therefore, when it came to tennis, they didn't really have to touch it. But now, of tennis coaching, the amount of kids I see who can't run the amount of kids I see who can't throw, just basic throwing uh, mechanics. If I look back to, again, 22 years ago, kids were still throwing water balloons. Kids still outside, especially when I grew up in Liverpool, throwing stones for windows. Like, we don't have any of that no more. And it's made our job a lot more difficult because we've got to be experts in not just tennis, but physical literacy. We have to understand how the human body develops and how we learn dynamic skill. And if you ever watched any of my channels, you know I go on about skill acquisition and ecological dynamics and why I believe tennis coaching was so far behind in that side of things. Because I think some of us are still stuck 20 years in the past where, well, we'll just focus on the technique but these kids haven't got the perceptional motor development skills. We have to work on everything. So that's been a huge change, I think. I think the world in that case has changed within coaching. Children have changed, and we talk a lot about problem solving. And if I've been on a coach's meeting or if I've been on the balcony or courtside at a tournament, the amount of time I hear, I need to solve problems better. I need to be more creative. And then you go around and you watch the tennis lessons in 2024, and there's no problem solving, there's no decision making. The coach does all that stuff, and that was happening 22 years ago. So I don't think that side of coaching's changed, it's still very much the coaches in charge, and I tell the players what to do. But going back to my point about play, these kids aren't great decision makers. They're not very creative because they don't play no more. They don't play out. And a lot of that stuff that I used to take for granted as a coach, the creativity, the flair, if you want to call it flair, that's gone. And I think kids now, everything they do from a sporting context is structured. They don't play football with their mates, maybe at lunchtime at school. They don't, they don't go and play tennis on their own. Like, just like like something like an old, an old person reflecting back in the good old days. But like when I first started coaching, I could go to a tennis club on a Saturday morning and coach nine till four. And I guarantee most of the teenagers would be up there all day just playing. Don't see that no more. The art of play has been, been almost replaced by the art of coaching. And i think that's where we get confused when we see the lack of creativity the lack of the lack of decision making and problem solving because everything these kids do they get told what to do and when to do it kids now even when they're playing computer games if i if i look at computer games now and i was talking to a coach the other day shout out to craig we talked about when when we were kids we played sonic well you had no save option you had three lives. Once your lives are gone, that was it. Game over. And there was no, there's no, well, there very little magazines or there's no YouTube or anything like that to tell you how to defeat Dr. Robotnik at the end. You just learn by playing the game over and over again and finding different ways to play it. Even within computer games now, and kids have great games like Roblox and Minecraft and stuff like that. They just go on YouTube and watch your tutorial and they just follow just follow the tutorial how to play the game. So even in their creativity space and their creativity time, these kids aren't really making the decisions. They're just copying. They're copying the YouTubers. They're just copying the, the TikTokers. So we're losing that element. And that then has a knock-on effect on us, us as coaches. That's why we have these players who lack creativity and decision-making because the world is changing. Like I mentioned, when I started the stream, tennis coaching hasn't really changed. And even if I look at it from a coach education point of view, when I did my DCA 22 years ago, is it that different to the level three now? Not really. Some of it's changed, but are better. So it's less technical heavy. It's a bit more game-based and getting towards more of a tactical coaching approach. Then it went back in my day, we were given a big green file with I don't know, 20 or 30 top players and little still photos of what perfect technique looks like. At least we've moved away from that slightly and we are a bit more game based, but even like 20 odd years ago, game based coaching was still around, but no one was using it. It's, it's a bit more in there now, but coaching hasn't really changed. Like, you do your level three and it's still very much closed drill progression, open, open play. And we're still isolating and teaching technique, despite what I've just said that these kids now don't have the same level of physical literacy. They don't have the same level of problem solving or creativity. And that has a massive effect on us as coaches. So I think, I think players have definitely changed over the past 22 years. Coaches, generally, I don't think have changed. I think coaching, I think we're still coaching the same way. And I'm a big believer of coaches are creatures of habit. When I started coaching 22 years ago, I was very fortunate when I worked at Wirral. I had Nick Lawrence, Joe Hagen, Andy Wilkes, Phil Layton. I just copied them. I just copied them and I was lucky because like, they're all very, very good tennis coaches and some of them are very good coach educators. I was very lucky in that regards. But also I think a lot of coaches just copy either how they've been coached and I think they copy the coaches in and around them. And even I've been coaching 22 years, I think when I started coaching, a lot of the coaching techniques and stuff were 50, 60 years old at the time. So we're looking 80 years on and we're still using the same techniques despite the fact like i mentioned at the start of the stream the world has changed players have changed the demands of the game has changed but coaching still in this traditional space and that's why i've started this whole journey with my tennis coaching and look at the ecological approach and look at different ways of doing it because some because if, if the world is changing the people that I'm coaching are changing, and surely I have to change as a coach. And I think I have changed. I think over the past four years, I've changed massively as a coach. Ever since I found the ecological dynamics approach and the constraint led approach, I've changed massively. There's a huge difference. I think I'm I'm a different coach today as I as I stream this than I was last week because I'm more reflective. I'm more player focused. I'm looking to adapt my coaching constantly. If I go back eight years ago, I was probably still coaching the same way I was back in 2002. Very technical, very isolated, very closed, very shouty. And it came to a big point just before lockdown where I was going to walk away from tennis because it it bored me. It bored me having the same frustrations and going through the same lessons over and over again. I had like a group of lessons which I could just bang out quite quickly and it would be good and everyone would have fun and enjoy it, but it wasn't fun for me. I always felt there was something missing from my coaching. I think that's a lot for my upbringing. So I never had coaching. I think I had two, three lessons in my life. I always learned all my sports through play, partly because I couldn't afford coaching, but because, partly because I had such a great childhood where I had a big group of friends and we learned all our sports through just playing the game. And I, th- I think that's the bit that really doesn't resonate with me when I became a tennis coach. Where's the play? Where's the implicit learning that that, that I know? And I think, I think that's changed as well because I spent a long time just copying what I thought good coaching looked like. And I'd go on coach education courses and I'd copy what I see on the coach ed courses, believing that was, was great great coaching. And it came to a point where, it was just before the first lockdown. I found a webinar by Richard uh, Shuttleworth on constraint led coaching, and he just talked about play and implicit learning and skill acquisition through playing games. And it just resonated with me. And it was like oh, this: this is what I've been looking for for the previous eighteen years. Just this this, this makes sense to me, and it 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 changed. My coaching career, because at that at that point, first lockdown, I was probably going to walk away from coaching. I was just fed up with it. It was boring. Was just doing the same lesson over and over again. Players, you teach players in isolation and they'll go to a tournament and you wouldn't see what you've been teaching them for six months. And I found that really frustrating. I used to blame the player and ultimately it was down to me. It was my fault. It's a reflection of my coaching. I didn't have the transfer of training into into their match play. And I think I think that side of coaching hasn't changed in 22 years. I think it's still about isolated technique and basket drilling and going through those motions. And even from a coach education point of view, and again, these thoughts and comments are my own, my own opinion. Even though I work, I deliver coach ed for National Government Body. I work for a coach education company. These are my own thoughts. But... We need to coach more how to be a coach, not what to coach. I'm lucky at the moment because I'm doing some work with UK uh, coaching. I'm fortunate enough to be getting connected with lots of different coaches from different fields, and I think I've learned more how to be a coach in the past four years than the previous eighteen of in tennis. I've definitely become a better coach through non-tennis coaching and non-tennis coach education. Learn more about ecological dynamics, constraint-led coaching, psychology, human behavior, how to communicate, how to connect with people, how to develop dynamic skill, which we need in tennis. I've learned all that outside of coaching. And I think if it wasn't for that webinar from Richard Shuttleworth, I may have walked away. And I I think a lot of coaches resonate with that as well. I think a lot of coaches find tennis coaching very frustrating. Because we teach, like I said before, how our peers teach, how we were taught. We deliver frameworks given to us in coach education, but we don't see results. We teach isolated skill to players. And then when we put them into a game an open dynamic situation, it breaks down, it fails and we get frustrated and we get frustrated at the player, and we blame the player. It's the player's fault. I've told you a thousand times. How many times I have to tell you? How long have we worked on that forehand in training, and we get into a match play, and it disappears? That's the bit I was at. I was really frustrated with that. And reflection now, four years in, it's like, I wouldn't say I was let down by the system. I just bought into that's what good coaching was and I get into lots of heated discussions on Instagram and YouTube about what good coaching looks like and I think everyone will have their own ways but I do think for doing this now for 22 years we're still stuck in this traditional way and I put a clip up ages ago of 1930s tennis coaching and you just put it in colour and it could be any club up and down the country today the way the coach is delivering it so tennis coaching hasn't really involved in the last 100 years. I mean, that's one of tennis's biggest barriers. It's, it's tradition holding us back. Because we've always done it that way. And the thing is, you will have outliers who have success. And one of the things I've always, one, one of my better conversations I've had with a coach, is a coach who had a very successful player go through, got to a very good level. And we were talking about it and they were they were questioning my approach and I was questioning their approach. And they fired back with, yeah, but it worked for me. I got this player to that level and you've never got a player to that level. And fair point. The, 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 the player has got to a, a higher level than me. But my challenge back to the coach was, well, maybe they got there despite the coaching. Like maybe the coaching didn't have or had a very little effect and a player just got there on their own. Because if you look at the player's, match record they've played a lot of matches they've played more matches than they had coaching so what's had the bigger impact on the player development the matches or the coaching the unstructured matches where they have to make all their own decisions problem solving or your very structured way of coaching and that's why i put out the post of the week which got a little bit of heat uh heat if you don't know wrestling time is um is <laughs> is challenge shall we say or or arguments um it got it got a bit of heat because what did i say i said players don't uh coaches don't produce players players produce players i stick by that i think i think coaches have a part to play but ultimately the player's success or failure is down on them it's not up to us the player is definitely going to spend more hopefully more time playing tennis than you are having lessons and i think sometimes as coaches our ego takes over like we that we know everything and I've been that egotistic coach. I've told players, you don't know You don't know what you're talking about. I'm the coach. I'm the authority. You listen to me. And now I've gone down this whole rabbit hole. Like the, the player, the player knows best. The player knows more about the context of their situation than I, than I ever will. So I listen to the player first and foremost, which is a huge difference. Even eight years ago, eight years ago, I tell the player what to do. I'd structure the, player, the, the player's lesson, whereas now the player makes a big bulk of the choices. I may produce the problems and they have to find the solutions. Whereas previously, in 22 years ago, I, I would provide all the solutions. I'd set up the practice, tell the player how to perform the practice really well, take them through the practice, let them listen to my wisdom. Whereas now, it's if if you ever watch me coach, I'm just providing players with problems all the time. When I'm intervening, I'm giving players things to think about. I'm not telling them what to do. I'm not giving them solutions. And that makes a lot of coaches I think I work with feel quite uneasy because I think there's a there's definitely a peer pressure of I'm the expert. I should tell the players what to do. People pay me money. I've only got limited time. Again, these are all barriers coaches tell me about. But ultimately, if we go back to, like I said, at the start of the stream, if these players now have less decision making, less creativity, less problem solving in life, how's it gonna benefit them if we don't give them problems and they have to make decisions within tennis lessons? When they get onto the match court, they're gonna have to solve problems. They're gonna have to make decisions. They have to be creative. They have to be competitive. I think there are some of the huge changes that I've seen over the past 22 years, I think there's been a change in human behavior. I don't see a huge change in how we coach. I've seen other sports make different changes because, again, great thing about working with UK coaching, I, think I, I get to watch lots of different sports and how they approach it. And it's interesting when you speak to non tennis coaches and you show them tennis coaches' uh, ways of working. The amount of times i been asked, well, well, why do you do that? that? That that makes no sense. Like, why do you practice in half a court? Like, when you play a game in, in, in a space that's double the size? Because oh, we've always done it that way. Why, when you're warming up for doubles, do you walk down a line and then you play cross court? Because oh, we've always done it that way. And it's that, it's that traditional way, which is, which is quite refreshing at times, because, again, a big part of the big challenge I always get is well we've always done it that way it's tradition like I've mentioned before I think what we're almost hindered by that tradition in tennis holds us back holds us back because we've always done it that way and I know I feel it now and when I'm coaching and I've got coaches either side of me coaching as well I know sometimes I'm completely different to what's going on and I feel that pressure feel that pressure from 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 the coaches from parents from players and I've been challenged on it as well. Well if you look at coach such and such they're doing it that way but you're doing it the opposite way. But you're not giving any technical info and they're being really micromanagement was a great word of parent to me do they they're micromanaging the technique and it's like well yeah but I'm trying to do it in an implicit way and I'm not just developing a movement, a technique. I'm trying to develop mental skills and the tenor skills all at the same time. I'm trying to have like this whole holistic approach or I could just teach us isolated technique, which I'm not going to use. And I had it recently with, with a parent who had a lesson with me and another coach. And it's like, well, we'll go with you because it's fun, but we'll want to go to a coach because they're more technical. And I'm like, OK, I, I get it how it looks, but has the reasons why. And there's still, again, I put a stream out a long time ago, like what does good coaching look like? Is good coaching technical? Is it giving the players the answers? Is it isolating the technique? Is it constantly intervening and shouting? Is it constantly showing what to do? Well, that's good coaching, where's the problem solving, the creativity and the decision-making? Where's the adaptive skill? was dealing with the dynamic environment of of tennis and and i've said it before in these streams a lot of coaching that i see go on and i've been that coach we're teaching ballet we're teaching perfect movements we're teaching as a great video which i've reacted to on monday um on my youtube i don't i don't know if you've seen it going around on instagram where it's at a tennis center in america and the guys like shouting over the pa and the dancing to music and shapes and I got into a conversation with, with I guess, one of the coaches. I mean, and he was saying, oh, yeah, it, it's great for movement. It's great for muscle memory. It's great for te- uh, teaching the sequence. I'm like, yeah, but you're missing one very important factor. It's called a tennis ball. You're also missing an opponent. The tennis ball and the opponent's doing their best for you not to do any of that. It doesn't work that way. And it's just, yeah, it blows my mind. So I think I think they're the biggest changes within coaching. I think my biggest change of coaching is the way, I, the way I think about coaching. And that's not been over 22 years. I think that's been over the last four years. I'm trying to be a better coach now in terms of understanding how players learn, what players need to learn in terms of, okay, perception-action coupling dynamic skills the learning environment is more important than what you teach so how you present the learning the, the environment which the player learns in in terms of okay who's your property is it the player is it the coach is it is it 50 50 is a it, is it cooperative is the player allowed to make mistakes again you only have to look at most tennis lessons and the player makes mistakes and the coach is straight on top of them that was me that was me eight years ago I remember one lesson that I did and I was tired, I was grumpy, the player wasn't getting it. And I just had to go at them for not trying. And the parents said to me, I oh, was well, not too happy the way you spoke to him now. Like it was a bit, it was a bit ott And I look back and I was like, Oh, that was all my fault. Like, one, I was I was not in the right frame of mind. Two, I'm trying to teach something technical and isolated, which is just a waste of time. But I but I blamed the player. And I think now Big change in my coaching is it's it's all about the player. I don't care about the parents. Don't care about the coaches next to me. Don't care about me and how it looks on me. I want to make it the best environment for the player. I want them to feel comfortable to explore. I want them to feel comfortable making mistakes. I want them to be in a situation, an environment where they're developing multiple skills at once, where they're, where they're learning how to be adaptive and versatile. And it might be unorthodox and it looks crazy and chaotic. And some of my players have quite funky technique. And to me, it doesn't really matter because they're just finding movement solutions. And some of those movement solutions might be temporary. They might not be there forever. It might change and it might look like a more traditional forehand or a more traditional serve. At this moment in time, if it's efficient and effective, I'm not going near it. Fine, just leave it alone. Let Let it breathe. And that makes people feel uncomfortable makes coaches around me feel uncomfortable again the amount of time i've heard behind my back i oh, doesn't teach technique i'll do teach technique because no one knows that i'm teaching technique i oh, doesn't he doesn't understand technique oh, i do i like i've done a lot of study on biomechanics i probably know inertia and ground reaction force more than on most coaches just because it's not front and center doesn't mean that i'm not aware of how you generate power how you generate spin. I'm aware that you need to do these things to achieve certain outcomes at certain times. And I think a lot of the time, and I, I put the post out the other week. I think a lot of the time coaching is just an illusion. Coaches just creating an illusion of learning by telling and structuring and, and being authoritative. It's, it's an illusion. There's no learning going on. There's no There's no transfer of training going on. It's just a show. And I was thinking about this today because, like, when I did my level four 18 years ago, so what, three years, yeah, 2005, when I, did, when I did my level four, I failed the first assessment. Don't believe I should have failed. I thought I did a good session. I think I can't remember what I failed on, but it was literally a failure of process. So I didn't follow the process that they wanted me to see. So even back then, I was of a maverick and a bit of a rebel. But I can't remember what it was, but I but I didn't follow the process. I think I went off, I literally went off piste and started working on something else. Because I've seen it and I've reacted in the moment, which in hindsight now is actually really good coaching. I won't mention who my tutors were. Um, but I failed the first time. And then the second time I did it, I had like I had a thing it was like three months gap between no, I it was six months. But I let I literally spent three months rehearsing this lesson i rehearsed the lesson over and over and over and over again, down to the finest detail, down to the words that I said, the structure in which the lesson flowed. And when I went to do my assessment, I just did the lesson. I just did it, and it looked amazing because I memorized the assessment criteria, and I just made sure I hit every single point. Is that great coaching? Absolutely not, because I'm just coaching... A process I'm just coaching a checklist and I see a lot of coaches go through that they just deliver a process they'll isolate the drill they'll progress it they'll play game at the end no matter what's in front of them they'll spend seven minutes seven minutes seven minutes or whatever it may be and it's just a process I, I don't think that's that's great coaching because you're not coaching what's in front of you. And I did a stream last week or week before where I don't plan lessons no more. I just go into a lesson with an intent. This is what this is what I'm gonna to explore today. It might be, I'm gonna explore coming into the net. It might be, I'm, I'm gonna explore being at the net. It might be, explore the serve, okay? I'm gonna go with that intention. I'm just gonna see what happens. And I'm just gonna coach in the moment because I don't know how the player is gonna react. I think that's been a, of a massive change with my coaching in last 22 years. 22 years ago, I would have just planned a lesson for me to be. Delivered it there and then, the way it is. I had some really good lessons, and they looked really professional. Like, I could do a short ball lesson that would blow your mind, but so rehearsed. Whereas now, I go into a session, like, I'll go into a session tonight. I've got an intention. No idea how it's going to go, whether it's going to go well, what's it's going to go badly. Sometimes I want it to go badly because that's when... I learn and players learn. That's been a big change as well. So this has been a bit of a ramble, but just thought I'd jump on, stream and reflect how coaching has changed over 22 years, how I've changed over the last 22 years. Um, Question is, how much have you changed as a coach? Have you really coached lots of different ways? Or do you coach the same way and you've been coaching that way? Since you qualified, I think that's a question I'll put out there. If you are interested in my journey as a coach, please do check out mytensecoaching.com. My Coach Academy open today Um, within the academy. I have lots of practices, but lots of videos of me coaching. Lots of videos of me coaching. You'll see all my mistakes. You'll see some successes. I talk more about this player centered approach. I talk more about the ecological dynamics. I'm no way an expert in this field because the great thing about ecological dynamics is there's no there's no set way. You all find your own way um, of, of performing it. So if you're interested, head over to mytenniscoaching.com. If you have listened to the whole stream, 31 minutes, well done. You survived to the end. I did try and flip between YouTube and Instagram um, screens, but the software that I use, I use StreamYard. Shout out to them. Uh, which allows me to stream to multiple things at once. It, it's, it's a pain because I can't see questions in real time. But if you do have any questions, send me a DM on Instagram at my tennis coaching and I'll get back to you personally. So if you do have any questions, any might be a reflection on my 22 years, if you want information about uh, ecological dynamics, information about the Coach Academy, just send me a DM at my tennis coaching. Thanks for listening. And here is to the next 22 years. See you soon.